0: this podcast is a member of the place to be nation family visit us at place to the only place to be in your pop culture world
1: now available in video the greatest tag team event in the history of professional wrestling the jim crockett senior memorial cup tag team tournament call 1-800-241-1212 to order your copy now the wrestling video of 1986 two hours of highlights of the Superdome Showdown as the world's top 24 tag teams compete for a million dollar first and the coveted Rocket Cup. You'll see the awesome Road Warriors take on Ryan Garvin and Magnum TA, New Zealand Chief Runners and the Fantastics, Ivan and Nikita Koloff, the Russians against Terry Taylor and Dr. Death Steve Williams, Japan's giant Baba and Tiger Mass. Call 1-800-241-1212 Such great championship matches as Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes for the World Heavyweight Title, Axel Jim Duggan and Dick Slater for the North American Title. Operators are standing by now to take your order. one one That's 1-800-241-1212. Or send $39.95 plus $5 shipping and handling to this address. Credit card, checks, and CODs accepted. Allow two to three weeks for delivery. Call now. The Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup video. Call now.
0: Place to be Nation Wrestling. Welcome to a landmark number 40. I can't believe it. Number 40. It feels like yesterday we were doing episode 1. But number 40 of NWA Crockett and Roll. I am your host, Sean Kidd. And we have finally reached, after a long, long journey where we've talked about many, many teams and many different things, we are at the Crockett Cup. And we are going to talk about the one round one matches for tonight. Uh, but before we do that, I would like to introduce my uh, co-host on this venture, First up, Scott Shiflett, how are you tonight?
2: Lordy, lordy, the podcast is 40. Great work to the guys that have been here from the beginning. Sean, Callum, and Dr. G is not here tonight. Thank you for bringing me on about midway through this. Um, Hell of a run so far, and and it's not over yet. And I'm looking forward to talking about uh, round one of the Crockett Cup.
0: Yep, me too. Um, I feel like we've figured out and seen most of the teams that are in this, good, bad, or indifference. So we have a pretty good idea of who we have in this, which actually makes it better for me now that I have an understanding of who those teams are. So, uh, second rounding up, my co-host for this evening, Colin uh, McDougall, how are you? Happy
3: 40? <laughs> Happy 40 to you, Sean, as well. Um, yes, we, we, we have got there. Um, Chef undermining himself there, saying he's not been here for the very start. He's been here from the start. If, if not in spirit, as opposed to fit to physically, um, and as
0: minimal as a guest. I mean, he's been a guest star on some of the early episodes too. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yep. So, um, well, so,
2: thank you, guys.
3: i um, wonderful. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's finally here. I feel like I've been building up to the Crockett Cup for, for, for months. Um, on different things with well, the Crockett Cups coming and the lead up to the Crockett Cup. It's it's nice for it to finally be here. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the teams in, in action it'll be nice you know the briscoe brothers are in it and you've got you've got him um, you've got <laughs> uh, you got, the, uh, you got the wrong
0: year wrong year oh
3: oh right sorry um but uh, yeah yeah uh, it's been it's it's good that it's it, it's finally come around I'm looking forward to
0: it. yep so we are finally here uh it, it actually has been months of build up because um the build-up started like maybe towards the end of february or even march and um. Obviously, we try not to do seven-hour pods anymore, so we kind of break it up into different parts. Um, but yeah, so here we are, uh, and this is really part four of April. So we actually have uh, three more. Or actually, what this is part four. So we actually have this and three more episodes of uh, April to talk about. So two, of, three of those will be the Crockett Cup. So yeah, a lot going on, Crockett. Crockett just has so much going on. Maybe just slow down a little bit, a little bit, give us a little bit of a breather because trying to cover everything that's going on has been definitely a chore, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. So we'll jump right into it. Um, uh, We won't go into the um, rundowns of who the champions are because ultimately that really does not matter for tonight's episode. Um, And we will also not do awards, obviously, because they're all matches we're covering. Uh, what we will do is we will probably bring up our uh, best match and uh, least favorite match of this one and then i'll keep a running total for the whole cup so we can come back and say hey here's what the best tag team matches were here was the worst one and then um go from there so with that gentlemen are you ready to jump into crockett cup
3: let's do it yes sir
0: all right so some background so um uh, straight out of uh not to quote uh our fat friend conrad thompson uh, but I will go to the Wikipedia instead of the Google, uh, the first annual Jim Crockett Senior World Cup, um, is referred to as the Crockett Cup 1986 was held on April 19th, 1986 at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, the first portion of the event was held in the afternoon and the second portion was held in the night. The tournament featured 24 tag teams. The concept was the Crockett Cup was a single elimination tag team tournament with the storyline prize of $1 million given to the winning team along with a large trophy, um, So, yeah, so basically uh, this consists of the majority of some teams from Japan. Uh, There's some from the Watts territory. This takes place at the Superdome. Uh, So the afternoon show. So I know on our last episode, Flair and Dusky, were talking about 70,000 people. Let's bring it down to earth a little bit. The afternoon show drew only 3,500 people for a box office take of approximately $40,000, while the evening show sold 13,000 tickets for a total of, $180,000, one hundred eighty thousand dollars. So, uh, really, kind of uh, underselling. Not really reaching that seventy thousand target because uh, all in, it was about twenty, was it sixteen thousand five hundred people that came into the Superdome. Uh, the events were recorded and it was later released on nineteen eighty six Crockett Cup as a commercial VH, uh, VHS videotape featuring all the tournament matches edited down to time constraints. So here's the good news for us: um, the first five matches we will watch tonight are definitely clipped. But what I have managed to do for the rest of the matches are I have gone on YouTube and I have found the full matches. Now, some have commentary, some do not. Um, but the majority of the first round is clipped. But we do have a few matches from the first round that I did find in their full. So for our first five matches of round one, we are going to only kind of talk about it. Um, maybe get Colin and Scott my takes on who the winners were. Were you surprised? Were you not surprised? But we're not going to rate those matches. Uh, we will rate the matches as we get into the full matches when we get to uh Match number six, okay? And then at the end, uh, we will do another spotlight feature, which I'll give you guys some background on at the end of, uh, when we get to the end of the first round. All right, so up first is um, Wahoo McDaniel and uh, Mark Youngblood taking on Jaggers, Bobby Jaggers and Mike Miller. And if you remember on our last episode, uh, Jaggers and Miller had a singles match that we watched from 1985. That might've been one of the worst pieces of shit we've ever watched. So if you were watching that match and then saw them in this tag team tournament, and based on how the demo of this pod feels about Wahoo McDaniel, you basically have a three-way shit show and Mark Youngblood. Would that be a fair assessment column?
3: I, I, was, I, I was actively rooting for Wahoo McDaniel. That's how bad that abomination was last time.
0: All right, so here we go. So most of what is shown is Jaggers and Miller basically working over Youngblood until Wahoo tagged in. And naturally, as Wahoo per se, it's Chop's. And an elbow, and he pins Miller for the three. Actual match was seven minutes and thirty-five seconds. We saw maybe two minutes, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, Scott, any any thoughts or any anything about who won the match? And thank the fuck God, Jaggers and Miller are out of the tournament right away. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. Um, I said thank God the tracking was messed up at the beginning because it makes the unwatchable unwatchable. Yeah, I forgot um, to
0: mention the tracking for this match is a little off, definitely from the VHS cassette.
2: Yeah, um, and I said I have Wahoo versus Miller at the start gross. I said Wahoo, um, elbow, and it's over. Thank God. So the right team won. I'm glad I saw like a three-minute clip of this because if it was all seven minutes, it would have been terrible.
0: Yeah, so I say in theory the right team won, but based on the right team winning, you hope the right team that won doesn't make it much further in the tournament. I would assume that would be Columns take. Column, what did you think?
3: Um <clears throat> limited input and a reasonably warm tag, probably the best use of Wahoo. Um as I said, actively was rooting for Wahoo in this match. Um after which shows you how um or shows you what um Jaggers and Miller laid in the centre of that ring in Portland two weeks ago. Um yeah, it was fine. Best team, best team won.
0: All right. Second match is the Batten Twins, who we saw against the Midnight Express in our last episode, taking on Sam Houston and Nelson Royal. Um, So they they show Nelson going toe-to-toe with one of the Batten's and keeping pace. And for an old man, uh, does a good job and tosses one of the Batten's over. Uh, Then they clip to Sam as a babyface in peril, which he does very well. Sam moves out of the corner as one of the Batten's runs the ring post on a charge. And um, I also like that Tony and Dave... Uh, stating what territory the battens were from I thought that was a really nice sell that hey, this is a team that you don't see they're from this territory. um Batten number one gets a tag and they both work over Sam, but Sam beats over both and manages to drop kick both with one leg each, which I thought was super impressive. There's a hot tag Nelson chots throws a batten into the ropes who almost falls through the ropes versus coming off the ropes. The commentators claim he was hot and sweaty, but it was a clear botch. Uh, Nelson then tags Sam and then whips Batten off the ropes into a really freaking awesome boot bulldog. Um, I thought it was nice teamwork kind on of a finisher here for the win. The total match was eight seventeen. Uh, we saw a solid three minutes or so. Um, I actually wouldn't mind watching this whole match. I really like that finish. That bulldog that Nelson uh I just like the final team the final uh the final move. I thought it looked really good. Colin, how about you? Uh, any thoughts on
3: who won this match? Um yeah, well this was the this was the only one that was a bit I was a bit, And sort of on the fence about if if the right team won or not, Um, Houston and Royal seemed like a bit of a a, a, they they seemed like a thrown together team because they are a thrown together team. Well,
0: well, I will tell you I will tell you, um, you will see more of them coming up um, as a team, but um, uh, Mid-Atlantic, if you watch a lot of Mid-Atlantic they showed them a lot together on Mid-Atlantic which
3: we don't watch a lot of Mid-Atlantic on this show so, Mm -hmm. but go ahead Obviously, because we've just seen um, we just saw that the the bands um, win the, the the central states um, titles. Mm-hmm. Um, so having having a, a thrown together team beating an established tag team was a bit strange, but I liked to finish the the, the the sort of the Irish whip uh, into the bulldog um, was, was 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 quite nice and it was it was smoothly executed. So um, yeah, decent. The, uh, decent match from what we saw, um, but that's the only that's the only one that I thought I well, was a bit on the fence about who if the right like team won yep. or not.
0: I will tell you, I could see this match on an episode of Mid Atlantic being a great weekend syndicated show main event. I I, I would, I wouldn't mind watching this match. I, I bet it was pretty good. Um, all right, Scott, what'd you think?
2: Um, I really enjoyed this match of what we saw. I could get behind Sam Houston and Nelson Royal being like an underdog team in this, but. Um, like a Cinderella type team. If if I'm not sure what happens, I, I this is like one event where I don't really know what happens, which is nice to know. So I'm not sure of the winner of the brackets and everything, but that like you said that finish was awesome with like the Irish whip to the bulldog. That was sweet. Right team one again, yep. 2 for 2.
0: And I think we can officially add Sam Houston to that Manny Bull, um, Manny Fernandez Ron Garvin and Arn Anderson uh, train, the four horsemen of never having a bad match. I think all of them are in that same bracket where you always are going to get a solid match no matter what they're in. So never thought in my wildest dreams I would say Sam Houston was part of that, but that's pretty neat. Uh, third match, uh, Jimmy Valiant and the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez versus the Barbarian and Bayer Rashke, which on paper sounds absolutely atrocious. Uh, but also here, it's a nice matchup here for the cup coming off the Watley turn. Um, and he's actually uh, and having a face team face the Jones Army in the first round. So nice little, you know, symmetry there. Uh, Watley is at ringside with Jones. There's a nice job by Tony saying this is actually the first match in the tournament that they have a reason to be here versus just the tournament. So, again, nice little commentary thing there. Valiant does Valiant things, and then you cut to later. Uh, Bull kicks Baron Von Raschke in the face and tags in Valiant, who does a lot of clapping and punching cocaine work. Uh, sleeper on Baron Von Raschke, all four in the ring. Manny's tossed outside, and he heals double-team Valiant. Uh, Jones hits Valiant from the outside as Barbarian turns to go after the Bull, who Sunset flits from the outside for the three count. And there was no time announced on this match, but uh, Valiant and Bull uh, go to the next round. So, Shiflett, what'd you think?
2: This is BS. Paul Jones should have had an inquiry about this. Manny was not the legal man. Mm. We should throw out Manny and Valiant. Barbarian and the Baron should advance to the next round. This is absurd.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll take Valiant a bull over any team with the Baron Monrashki any day of the week.
2: Sorry. I, sorry. Right. This is why he goes after Jimmy Valiant. Because of shit like this. Mm. Alright. Colum, thoughts?
3: Um, I'm surprised you're letting I'm surprised you're letting Schiff um, uh, it's tough. Take your mantle of of number one Paul Jones fan here. Um, mm. after you know, you know, given previous comments, Paul Jones is the Rick Flair of the mid-card. Um okay.
0: okay, let's let's be clear. I said he he was like the Rick Flair of he says I don't remember that was a long time ago. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the wrong fucking thing again. So go ahead.
3: Um, yeah, th- this one. Uh, a waste of Manny Fernandez. I think he's the fourth man in the ring for the uh, the never-ending Jones and Valiant feud. It's also a waste of Jimmy Valiant because he's Watley was at ringside. Never once did he get his hands on him. You think that 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 would be his main focus, um, but obviously he he's been focused on trying to beat um, Paul Jones Army for the the best part of what, two years. Um, yeah, I think it was. I get that you know luck of the draw and Jimmy Valiant's booked against uh, has been drawn against Paul Jones, um, but uh, yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit strange. I I'd, I'll, I'll take Manny and, and and Jimmy Valiant winning purely because having Manny Fernandez on your team is immediately better than having Baron von Raschi and or the Barbarian, um, in spite of whose tag team partner might be. Even though Jimmy Valiant has been a highlight in, the, in recent weeks. Um, but yeah, a, a, a bit of a waste of, of, of money and, and Valiant.
0: Jimmy Valiant being a highlight in recent weeks is a comment I never thought anyone would ever say. Uh, the downside for me is you now got Wahoo and Jimmy Valiant both <laughs> in round two, but I'm sure that won't last. <laughs> At least we'll hope they don't. Our fourth uh, round one match is Steve Dr. Ruth, Williams and Terry Taylor, who is substituting for Ted DiBiase, as we discussed in a few episodes ago, versus Bill Dundee and Landell, who... If you recall, uh, we watched Williams and Taylor have a really, um, they had a great match against the sheep Hers, We really enjoyed, and then Dundee and Landell uh, had that really nice Memphis brawl with, uh, with Dutch Mantell and Jerry Lawler that we enjoyed. So, on paper, this looks like this could be a really good match. We just unfortunately would not get a whole lot of it. So we open up with Buddy and Terry going at it. Uh, Big star Kate eighty five rematch. No one wanted here, Colin McDougall with Buddy Landell and Terry Taylor. If you remember that, uh. That that big match. Uh, nice fire from uh, Terry on a monkey flip and drop kick. You cut to later, the heels are working over Taylor. Tony brings up how small Dundee is, but he can go with the best. You get a Dundee sleeper, a jawbreaker by Taylor, both been tag out. Williams takes on both heels. He gets a big shoulder block and football tacker on Buddy, followed by the Oklahoma Stampede for three. Um, I think the right team won here, obviously. Um, I thought the ending was kind of like, Almost like jabberish and how they jod Buddy out. I didn't think there was much to it. Uh, no shenanigans or anything. Buddy just took the loss. So, Colin, what do you think of Williams and Taylor moving forward?
3: Um, again, a best team. The, the correct team. The correct team won. Um, I did find it funny that, that Crockett has now, um, or the man who would be King Buddy Landale has has reemerged on on a Crockett esque show, a, a, a Crockett show. With um, obviously mid south, um, Landau did take a couple of good bumps off the Doctor Death tackles, um, mm-hmm. but, but but the right the right team won in the end. Um, in spite again, in spite of one of the team members, um, the, man that, the man the man um, the man that personality forgot um, has to go through on the coattails of Doctor Death. But uh, right, the right team won in the end.
0: I mean, at least in this time period, Taylor can go in the ring, right? Um, he could wrestle, and he's got a good partner in Doctor Death. So I feel like. Taylor for me is probably better than a Valiant or a Wahoo in terms of his team. I don't know. I, so I don't see bull make a Valiant make bull making me like Valiant, or I don't see young blood me like Wahoo, but Taylor and Williams just seems like a right team. Although I would have much preferred Dibiase and Williams. That would have been a banger of a team to have in this tournament. Uh, Scott, what'd you
2: think? Um, yeah, Terry Taylor made look like the bitch. I don't really understand why Dundee couldn't take the fall. I do agree with you there. Um, I did like Doc after I said like I wasn't the big Doc fan, but seeing him wreck fools is awesome. So seeing him just run over Dundee and Landell is great. But you wait, you wait. We're gonna see a lot of Doctor Death wrecking folks over the next few years. <laughs> I, I look forward to it, but like I just don't understand. Like you said, like why why couldn't Dundee take the fall over Landell? Yep. All right. So our fifth
0: uh, round one match and our first our last one that is cut at this point is the Sheep Herders versus the Guerreros. We see the Sheep Herders on many of our episodes, and we've grown quite fond of them because they've really been a great team to watch. And the Guerreros, um, you know, Hector we know is already officially in Crockett, but he's here teaming up with uh, Chavo in this um, from the Mid-South Territory. Sheep Herders work over Hector, but he forward rolls and ducks Luke and hits a drop, kick, and splash. Hector does a sunset flip and a kick out. Later, they beat up Chavo, but tag to Hector, who works over Luke. There's an ab stretch to all four men in the ring, faces... Uh, throw heels into each other in mid-ring. Victory gets knocked off the ring by Chavo as the ref pushes him back to the corner. Sheep Herders hit a double clothesline on Hector for three. So uh, not much to this match, at least from what we saw, but I do believe the right team went over into Sheep Herders. Scott, what would you think?
2: I, I agree. Uh, sheep Herders are awesome. I've been a fan in those other watches that we have. Um, I did think it was a little bit of a weird ending. I'm not sure if it was botched, but I'm happy with the Sheep yeah, it
0: was a little weird. That was kind of a lame kind of finish, right? Lame clothesline finish? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I wasn't sure if they were, like needed to go home early or what. But, yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. And, and Colin, what do you think about the Sheep Herders moving forward?
3: Yeah, completely agree with everything there. It was a bit, a bit of a wonky finish. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the Sheep Herders going forward was was definitely the right call
0: all right so that takes care of our first five of our round one matches so the next three we're going to talk about we get the full match and get to talk about the full match as a whole and then at the end we'll talk about the last match we'll watch tonight and why we're watching it so our sixth match of round one is the fantastics versus the fabulous ones on paper uh this is kind of a big deal the fabulous ones and the fantastics very similar tag teams uh both like the tuxedos both like the bow ties both um i don't want to say great value rock and roll express but both have had feuds with the midnight express so just seems like a natural this would be a really good fun tag team match so there's some standoffs installing the start face worked over lane with double t moves and that work kern tags in and works rogers arm rogers does a nice rollover out of an arm bar by using the ropes fantastic then work over kern's arm falton um The other thing I've made a note of, Fulton sure does like to shake his ass a lot um, because he does it quite a bit in this match. Um, At least he made an arm hold look fun, I thought. Faces continue to take turns working Kern's arm. Heels eventually toss Fulton outside. They bite him, headbutt him, drop him, throw first on the top rope. Kern hits a nice hot shot and struts. Uh, We get a fantastic Fulton butt shot, um, full, full, full butt shot on Bobby Fulton as Kern yanks his tights down to keep him from tagging. There's a nice karate kick to Fulton from Lane. Fulton to- uh, tosses him over. The, um, is tossed over the top rope. I really enjoyed the heel work. It was very Midnight Express-like, so I didn't mind it. Makes sense based on what's happening in the future, I think, uh, with the Fantastics uh, coming into the territory in a few years. Curran gets a pinning position, utilizes Fulton's leg and grabbing the tights. That was well executed. Fulton gets as a great babyface face imperial. There's a collision mid-ring with Kieran and Fulton. Fulton gets the tag and Rogers on file. with drop kicks, cracking heads together. Then there's a tag to Bobby. Tommy throws Kern to the ropes, but he reverses it as he does this. Bobby comes up from behind to roll up Kern as Rogers off the rope backdrops off both of them, lands on his feet and stops Stan as Fulton gets the three on the roll up. I, I really thought this was a creative finish. Like it was just really great team symmetry between the two, the four men. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a fun old school tag. Um, I thought it could have been better. Um, I didn't love it. I thought there was some slow points during it. Um, there's a lot of like limb work, which I think between these two teams for me probably wasn't great. I know Schiff's gonna have some stuff to say about it, but I actually went two and three quarter stars. It was fifteen minutes. I thought it was a pretty solid match, but I'll be honest with you, I expected more out of these two teams. So Scott, I will go to you first.
2: Hello, Scott.
3: Sorry, I was talking. Um,
2: double tapped on the mute. But I am was not the biggest fan of this match. I, I guess I came in expecting more cause we'd seen a couple fantastic matches and I love Tommy Rogers drop kicks. So I was like, this is going to be great. And I have like battle of the gigolo gimmick, which is what it felt like to me with all, all the ass shaking going on. Um, you know, it started off fine. Like, you know, I was solid arm work for both teams, but then like, it just got boring to me. um, I just wanted the match to end and you know fantastics win it was a no nothing match i, I guess because i expected more and i was let down with that i want to start a half wow that's I yeah think way,
0: I, was, I think you way underrated this match way i gotta give you a little shit for that
2: one that's way under um, i probably did but you know it's yeah all right
3: column this was a this was a funny one from me um a slower start than I'd hoped, um, but then I just put that down to um, the th- th- one of the teams has to wrestle at least another once. Um, so I think it's somewhat justified in, in, in this match and in, in all the other matches. Really, that you it might go off to a, a slow start and you don't want to burn the energy of the of, of the team that needs to go f- needs to go through. Um i wasn't blown away i was i was expecting it to get i mean it gets slightly better as it went but i was expecting it to to sort of just like get a lot better get a lot better than it, than it did um uh I, I think i mentioned in in the last show about how i i try not to go in with any preconceived notion that the match is going to be good um but sometimes I can't help it, and and this time I thought that this match was going to be a lot better than it turned out. It was. It turned out to be. It wasn't as good. It was nowhere near as good as I as I thought it was going to be. I've still I've still given it a two. It wasn't. I, I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad wow. match in, any, in in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, there was just something missing from it for me.
0: I mean, something was missing for it to me too, but I—I I don't know, man. I feel like you guys way under. You know, there's actually some people that rated this three and a half up to four stars if you look online. Um, I didn't feel it was that good, but I definitely thought two and three quarters. I thought it was solid, but um, my biggest takeaway with this was too much limb work. But I really liked the final minutes, and I thought the finish was pretty. I mean, at minimal. You got to think the finish is pretty creative, wouldn't you think? For you two, the way they did the finish and the pinfall.
3: I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. I, I would say so, but it should have been better. Was, I agree,
0: hundred percent. Yeah,
3: sure. and and I think and maybe I've maybe I have rated it lower because of the expectation that I had, and maybe that's maybe that's on me. Um, and it's maybe want to go back before we go before we do the next round and uh, the next couple the next couple of shows and finish the Crockett Cup, I might go back and have a have another look at it in full, but um. I, I, again just and amongst all the all the other aim um, stuff but yeah I, I'm, I'm that might be the reason why i've, I've rated it because i thought it was going to be I, I thought it was going to be an absolute barnstormer
0: okay all right well um it is what it is and it's rated what you guys rated it so we'll move on to the next match but i do agree uh for this time period Fantastic's a fabulous ones should have been a four-star banger and it's not by the way uh We have watched the Fabulous Ones. The Fabulous One matches we have watched so far. I mean, if you remember way back, we watched one against the Road Warriors, and then we had one. um, Was that them in the cage we watched against the Guerreros, I think, um, on an episode? Um, Pretty underwhelming so far. They haven't really set the world on fire, and I thought they were a lot better. And so uh, we do have one more Fabulous Ones match we'll talk about later tonight, so we'll see what we get out of that one. Um, All right. Our seventh round one match. Is Coco Beware and the Italian Stallion, which might be the most makeshift team of this whole entire tournament, taking on Rick Steiner and Buzz Sawyer. Um, Coco obviously was a Mid-South. Um, we watched a match with Coco and Ric Flair back in November of 85, watched um, right around the Starcade time. That was really, really good. Um, but Stallion just seems off. Coco being a Mid-South and Italian Stallion being um a jobber basically in uh, NWA just seems off. Like I figured, you know, what's Denny Brown doing? At least he's a junior heavyweight champion or wasn't there someone else from mid South that they could have Coco team with. But anyway, that's what we got Coco and Italian Stein versus Steiner and Sawyer. Um, Selfishly. And I think you already heard me as I talked about when we did the, uh, the uh, match that we talked about with buzz and Steiner on the Crockett cut spotlights. I really liked this pairing a lot. Um, it's cool to see Coco here before heading to the WWF, uh, doing the same exact gimmick he did here. I mean, it's not long from this point that Coco heads over there. Um, again, like I said, I'm not sure how I feel about Stein as his partner. Coco hits a nice drop kick that Buzz sells flying <laughs> through the ropes. A nice headlock work by Coco and Buzz trying to escape it, including a back suplex on Coco, who does not break the hold until Buzz hits another suplex. Stein gets offense on Steiner with a shoulder block and drop kick. Uh, words I never thought I would say that the Italian stand would get any kind of offense on a Rick Steiner is mind blowing to me. Uh, Buzz with um, a great leap, some great leapfrog spots, and Coco gets a body press for a pin attempt. Um, there's stalling and Buzz. De- uh, let's see, uh, Buzz. I'm sorry, stalling and then Buzz does a little bit of mat work in between more headlock spots. Coco hits a power slam on Rick Steiner again. Something I thought I would never say. Uh, Buzz finally gets a savage forearm that knocks Coco outside and hits a suplex on the concrete, ram Coco into the railing and suplexes him back into the ring. Steiner hits him with a belly-to-belly, and the heels work over Coco with bear hugs and slams. Coco looks really good here trying to fight out of it. Buzz up top, and misses a splash. Coco gets attacked to Steiner, dropkick slam, goes for the Fe- Buzz press, but, um, Fez press, but Buzz catches him. Uh, looked great as he turned the Fez press into a power slam for the three. I thought this was really good. Um, uh, could have been made better. I think if Coco had had a better partner, uh, match was a bit shorter. Into the hot tag, um, Stallion wasn't. I mean, Stallion, ha, Stallion was kind of lame. Um, kind of lame on the hot tag. So, um, Coco and Buzz uh, made the match great for me, and I thought mm-hmm. Steiner was pretty good. I actually went three stars on this. I actually really enjoyed it. So, Colum, I'll go to you first.
3: Um, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I and to to sort of not to leave with the point of the first one, I enjoyed this much more than I enjoyed the first match hundred um, percent. I did too. Yeah, um, I feel bad for Coco being, being lumbered with the with the Italian stallion um, because the, the the times that we've seen Coco and um, on the pod he's been sneaky good. Um, so it was it's nice to it was nice to see him get a bit of a showcase. And the match was, as you said, the match was definitely better when Coco was in. Um, it was at this point that I recognised that the referee for all of the first round match seemed to be one Errol Hebner, um, um, and, I, and I only I only realised that because I can I, I can tell his voice a mile off, um, and he was also trying to show some t-shirts to the guys in the front row. Um, <laughs> I thought the, the finish was the finish was good. Um, Sawyer um, s- could like saved the stallion from something that that, that he could have almost landed in his head. It was a nice show of power. From um, Sawyer at the end and uh, to lift him, like to stop him landing on his head, then picking him up to get a nice, um, smooth pot, uh, body slam. Uh, and at the end, um, yeah, I thought this one. I thought this one was good. I went, <clears throat> excuse me, um, went two point seven five on it. Um, I thought it was a, a, yeah. I really enjoyed it. All right, um, Scott, how about you?
2: You know, when Sean first messaged us and was like, "Yo, this Coco match is very good." I was like, I, I'm going to watch it myself. And guys, Sean was right. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I did like how they were doing like they were working like Coco's back. So there was a point where Coco tried to like lift Rick and he was unable to due to selling in the back. It's just like a small little thing that like I, I, I like there. Um, also, Coco had some high energy at the start of this match. Got to ah, see out. what
0: you did. There. I saw what you did there.
2: <laughs> and I have I have a note here. Yeah, Coco is good. Stallion sucks. Um, I I liked the Sawyer and Rick Steiner, like, uh, brand new Hall of Famer Rick Steiner, by the way. Mm. Um, but just seeing him, like, you know, bump for Coco is just something to see because we're used to, like, him and Scotty just, you know, chewing these guys up and spitting them out. But, um, no, I I really enjoyed this match. It was one of those things, like, where Callum uh, mentioned in episode 39 where we get sucked into the match and we, like take we don't take notes that's why my notes are like so sparse like I, and i love the end with like buzz catching the italian slam, italian and just slamming him down like it looked really savage and like damn these guys these guys are a threat to deal with in this tag team i know we haven't hit any of the big name tags here but from what we've seen so far it's like damn like it might be these teams that are thrown together that might make the most noise <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I I need more Buzz and Steiner together. I listen. I I have a self-proclaimed Buzz Sawyer fan. I have been since we started this podcast. Um, unlike his brother, who we'll talk about in the next match, but um, which is interesting, right? You would think they put the Sawyer brothers together, but clearly they know Buzz is the clearer clearer the better talent. Um, uh, but yeah, just a fun match, and you know it was a Coco and Buzz show, and Steiner had a little bit of offense, and Italian style was really non-factor. So right team definitely won on that one for sure. All right. Our eighth and final first round match is Jimmy Garvin, who unfortunately is saddled with the Mid-Atlantic champion, Black Bart. What a weird combo this is. Um, Poor Garvin. Um, And taking on Brett Sawyer and DJ Peterson. Um, Brett Sawyer, one guy we've always liked to make fun of um, when he had his feud with the Andersons, and they just beat the shit out of him. Uh, Scott, that was before you were on the show, but I'm sure Colin Folling remembers Brett Sawyer. Um, And the terrible he promo he cut about, all the body parts that his brother would anyway, it was just absolutely. You call him. You remember that promo? My eye, my eye, the eye is this, the
3: eye oh, is that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's burned in my brain. I, it's one of the best we've ever seen. Yes.
0: So anyway, uh, Garvin got again, Garvin got the short straw. Uh, this is where I first realized Bruce Pritchard is the ring announcer. Did you guys catch that?
2: <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. from listening to the Pritchard show where he's the ring announcer. Um, i did not catch that i guess it's just something i missed
3: yeah
2: this is that, the first I, this is the first i noticed it was he was the ring announcer
3: it, i didn't i didn't catch it here but when the mat when the when the um, it rolled on to the next one the next match i think it's the mid the first midnight express match and he's very prominent there
0: okay yeah so we will talk about that on our next episode but yeah this is the first time i noticed the so sawyer uh basically sawyer looks as awkward as ever in his light blue bomber jacket uh bart works over brett early but brett gets a hip toss and multiple head scissors Peterson has a good look similar to Magnum TA. I thought he looked – I mean, he's just got that same look. Wonder why um, no one ever really went in on him. Uh, Brett does a nice – Bart – Brett – no, Brett does a nice leg drop for the top rope on the Bart's arm as Peterson held him down. Then they do the same thing except it's a top rope knee. Bart doesn't sell it a whole lot. Um, Garvin gets in, works over Brett with a nice backdrop and clothesline. Bart gets a side backbreaker. Brett um, bites Bart's leg, which was stupid. Uh, Brick hits Anita Garvin's face. Peterson tags into absolutely zero reaction. He misses a drop kick. Bart hits a double leg drop and then a Garvin brain buster finish. Uh, the heels actually had a solid chemistry together. Some nice spots, but the crowd did not care about this one at all. Um, I'll go 1.5, but mostly for the heel work in the top rope
3: spots. And, Callum, I'll go to you.
2: Um,
3: yeah, this is a match that happened. Um, mm-hmm. I... First of all, funny anecdote. Um, You remember at the Crockett Cup, when you came on night one at the Crockett Cup, you said that Joe Galley had accidentally given away the the result of the play-in match. Correct. Yes. I thought the same thing had happened on this one, so I I went to the timestamp for the wrong match. Um, I went to the timestamp for our next match, um, and it showed you Tony and JR in the ring. Um, (laughs) And they were running down... They were running down the second round matches. And I thought they'd given away the result because they said who'd won this one. I thought they'd given away the result before the match had happened. That's Um, funny. It's quite funny as well. Tony and Jr are in the ring 26 years late and still working together 26 years later. Well, Um,
0: Well, one of them is still working.
3: Yeah. One of them is at the top of his game having the time of his life. And one guy is just collecting a paycheck. Um,
0: miserable prick.
3: I know. Um, I've not got many quotes on the match itself. My quotes read um, as uh, follows What a ragtag bunch this is. Peterson looks like a great value magnum TA. Mm-hmm. Um, I did appreciate that Brett and Dave went out of their way to match up their ring gear to make it look as if they were a tag team. Now, mm. I did look to see if they had been a tag team because of this, and um, they weren't. This is one of the only times they've ever teamed together. But I did notice that Brett Sawyer's career might have finished with two death matches in the wing promotion in Japan. Oh my. Um, not the type of person I thought I mean for a guy who does like to protect the ice, a death match is not the way to go. I mean, light tubes, barbed wire, I mean that's a that I mean that's a recipe for disaster for a man who protects his ice so much. Mm-hmm. Um then the next quote after that is anyway, this match is shite. Um Peterson's only involvement in the match was giving a body slam missing a drop kick and then losing and then he had uh, and I quote the fucking temerity to kick out a three point one um yeah didn't like that didn't like that one at all um I don't think it was that bad I thought it was a solid
0: one and a half uh, I,
3: no I, I, it it's not anywhere near as bad as as Jaggers and Miller from the last episode uh, it is a one but I didn't, I, I didn't, didn't didn't particularly enjoy this one.
2: All right, so what'd you rate it? A (laughs) one. Okay, Scott, how about you? This shit sucked. Ah! Like (laughs) (laughs) legit thought. Like I feel so bad for Jimmy Garvin, who was my MVP last episode, and then he's mucking it up in this. This was. Here's my legit notes because I got so frustrated. Wow, Jabba to the Stars team got some offense. Boring and plotting. This sucks. A long five minutes. Crowd doesn't give a fuck, and neither do I.
0: That's it? Oh, Scott. Scott
3: oh, no, Scott. don't tell.
0: I guess Schiff was going in on his
3: rant, and he fucking lost his shit. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's, his rant has broken his microphone. You can't... Bo- you can't bo- oh, there. Is
2: that you, Scott? Yeah, it broke my mic. Oh, my God. I was talking... <laughs> You can't you can't you can't book that shit. <laughs> That's great. Uh, 0.25 is what I put. It was terrible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think Made me main it. roster angry. So angry you had to cut your mic off. You had to watch two shit matches in the last for the last
0: two pods, and you just had enough of this bullshit.
2: You've shit. been teaching me so well with it, Sean. I was having we were watching good matches, and then I literally watched two of the worst matches I've ever seen outside of Bob Orton versus uh, Tito, Santana. Tito Santana in a 45 minute match where they do but, wrestling, wait, wait, wait. boxing. I,
0: I listen. I listen. I totally get the Miller match and Jagger's match from the last episode. I don't think this match is clearly as nearly as bad as you guys say it is, but that's just me. It's fine. Uh, we'll move on. And 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 I, when, I, oh. I watched this
2: match, Sean, and then I had to take a break for two days before I watched this final <laughs> match. Like it's not, that's not how that frustrated. Bad. I match got with is it.
0: Even, that match is even
2: that long. Well, no. I watched from from the last episode from from the Jaegers match, the Jaggers match to this match, so it was like sandwiched in between all this. Mm. I, like I I, 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 res-
0: I can respect columns one for sure, but this is not like a quarter star. I'm sorry, Colin, go ahead.
3: I was going to say I will not stand back here and and here and here slander against the good old world of sport rules with rounds and two out of three falls. Like, <laughs> just for that. Just for that, Tito and Bob Orton is at least a one. Oh
2: know. Oh,
3: I, no. I got, I got,
0: I uh, oof. Okay, Talib, have you actually watched that match or
3: no? I haven't, no, but I did yeah. after after you after you guys did um, after you guys did that for um, YouTube Life. Roulette, yeah. I did start watching. I watched a couple episodes of the AWF because the whole run is on YouTube somewhere. How um, long did that last for you? Two and a half episodes. oh there you go. Very I mean, good. It, yep. I, I mean, it was it was inoffensive, was it, it? You know, it wasn't. I wasn't gonna expect and again. Wasn't gonna expecting five star classics. It was, it was different. Was it necessary in 1994? Absolutely not. But it was fine.
0: All right, very good. So that completes round one. So we kind of went through it pretty quickly. But so just for clarity, uh, round one, I guess the worst match we'll all agree would be Garvin and Bart. We're only ranking the ones that we saw in full. So I assume round one, uh, worst match would be the match we just talked about. Correct, gentlemen?
2: Yes. And,
0: and who, God, sending messages, kayfabe, stop. Uh, What would you say the best match was? I would probably say for me, uh,
2: the best match was obviously the Coco match for me. I I agree. The Coco match. I wish I saw more of the, um, let me get my note back to my notes. Of the uh, Battens versus Sam Houston and Nelson mm-hmm. Royal match because I was really enjoying that. All right, column, you agree? Best match was the Coco match.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. All
0: right, so that'll close out round one. So we'll talk about round two on our next episode. But before we go, we are going to premiere a new segment. So we've had a lot of fun doing the Crockett Cup spotlights um, as we built to the Crockett Cup. So column had a really good idea that hey, you know, moving forward we had to highlight one match or two from another territory that uh, might be happening uh, at the same time during our watch. So I thought that was a great idea. So we're actually going to start that tonight. And it's very appropriate because Wrestle Rock 86 is a pay-per-view that the AWA put on one of their stadium shows that takes place literally the night after the Crockett Cup, uh, which is really interesting to me. And, over the next few episodes, um, as we're talking about Crockett Cup, we're going to talk about matches that were at Wrestle Rock as well, and we're going to watch a few of them. But a lot of them are tag team matches, and the first one we're watching tonight. And again, remember, this is the exact night after Crockett Cup. So back in the day, before there was internet, we probably would have known who would have won the fir- uh, the Fantastics versus the Fabulous Ones, based on the fact of knowing what was booked the next night at Wrestle Rock, and the Fabulous Ones tonight. Are both against Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda, which I have never watched Russell Rock in full. It's an AWA show, but I was shocked to see this match because Windham and Rotunda, obviously, um, I know them from the WWF um, as the tag team champions. But here they are after their WWF front. So both Windham and Rotunda at this point have left the WWF. Uh, we did see Windham uh, in Florida a few months back, where he took on uh, Flair at Battle of the Belts. Um, after that, after this show, Wyndham actually went back to Florida, Rotundo stayed, uh, in the AWA for a few more months before he went back to the WWF to team with Danny Spivey as the new U.S. Express. So it's kind of cool to see them in between both those runs. And we know Wyndham long-term and Rotundo long-term both will be in the NWA. Um, I feel like here's the other thing that baffled my mind. If you had the fabulous ones here tonight. I'm really wondering why they didn't. Could you imagine if they had Wyndham and Rotunda as former WWF tag team champions over in the Crockett tournament? Um, Wyndham's already in Florida and you could have got Rotunda in and you could have had, That would have added, I mean, you could have knocked out shit. You could have took out Garvin and Bart. You could have took out Brett Sawyer. Like you could add a main event tag team. We're going to talk about a couple tag teams over the next few episodes that are on this Wrestle rock show. That would have totally changed the landscape of Crockett cup if they were in it, but really big surprise here. Um, also interesting to see the fabulous ones here the night after. So um, there you go. So by the way, the fabulous ones will not be the only ones that we'll see from the Crockett Cup at Wrestle Rock again, as we'll talk about in the next few episodes. are so really, really interesting here. So uh, pre-interview uh, is with Barry and Mike. Um, basically, it's AWA has great teams, and I put okay then. Uh, Mike and Barry have light jackets on with their names on the back. Fabulous ones wearing similar Cincinnati Bengal trunks like they did the night before at the Crockett Cup. Um, Kind of a big match here with two of the most notable teams of the era. Uh, Tron Guard on commentary, always good for a nice little drunk commentary. Uh, Winham does a nice shoulder block on Lane on a crisscross and stomp the Lane's face. Faces tag in and out, working Lane's arm. Another cross, and Barry gets an arm drag. Faces tag in and out, doing headlocks on Steve Kern. Uh, there's a nice Winnem punch in midair as he went for a leaf frog. That was really, really good. Um, a nice double drop kick by the Faces, and then back to a um, headlock. Mike hits, turnbuckle when Kern, uh, Mike hits the turnbuckle when Kern moves out of the way. There's a, a nice back karate kicks to Rotundo by Lane. He'll work over Rotundo and sending him outside. Rotundo gets a sunset flip, but doesn't get the three count. It doesn't really get it. Uh, front face like by Kern. Then a neck, neck breaker by uh, Lane. Uh, just like night before, really great heel work, I thought, by the Fabulous Ones. I still like their heel work in the Crockett Cup, unlike you two. Uh, rotundo eventually tags Wyndham. They take on both fabulous ones. There's a power slam on Lane. Kern knocks Wyndham down. Uh, there's a headbutt to Wyndham by Lane. Wyndham gets a sunset flip, but the ref is distracted by Kern. and gets a small package, but the ref's still distracted. There's a mid-ring collision on Lane and win- with Wyndham. Wyndham gets a tag. Uh, there's a drop kick to Lane. Elbow. Leg drop to the groin. Airplane spin. Kern trips Rotundo. Lane on top for two. Uh, but then Lane backdrops Rotundo. The ref is distracted by Kern while Lane goes for a pile driver. Wyndham goes up top, elbow to the back of Lane's head, and the former U.S. Express Wyndham Rotundo, Tundo get the three count. So interesting match here. Two big losses and two nights for the Fabulous One. So um, haven't really been setting the world on fire. I thought it was a fun tag. Again, would have loved the U.S. Express to be in the Crockett Cup. I thought this was a fairly solid match. I went two and three quarters.
2: Scott, what did you think about this one? I thought this match was a banger, guys. Like, I really enjoyed this match. I love the double drop kick from the um window minimum rotunda um i loved also that Kern was working mike's eyes like you don't really see that worked as like a limb but mm-hmm. like you know and then we hit a we see rotunda hit a sunset flip which i'm a big big ass mark for sunset flips i just i've always loved them um i the fabulous ones have looked great in this match this is like the first match that i have really enjoyed them especially from that crappy match i saw earlier see with i thought
0: they're i thought their tag work was very similar, so I guess I'm struggling to see
2: the differential. It's, I, it's, I don't get it. But okay, go ahead. Um, and I liked uh, and then um Barry comes in for the hot tag. He had a nice power slam to to Lane, and this is crazy. Like Barry got the visual pin twice, and they kept saying that the ref's last name was Lane. So I thought we were gonna see some like I don't know if this is like my 2020, 2022 wrestling mind watching where it was like. Are we going to have a heel ref that come to find out this is Stan Lane's cousin? Because with Barry getting two visual pins, I thought we were going to have Fabulous Ones get the W. But no, um, Barry is awesome. He hits a flying axe handle off the top, and we, we have a win. That's three. I, I gave it three stars. I love this match. All right. Colin,
3: what did you think? Um, yes, I completely agree with everything both of you have said. Um, I've gone two and three quarters as well. I thought it was a a, a a really good match and it, it got better as it went. Um, Poor officiating aside, again. Um, Wyndham, clearly not the legal man. Um, I've got more notes on the commentary um, than I do about the match because, again, it was just a match that I sat back and, and, and I watched. Um, the only notes I took were for, for some um, questionable commentating. Um at one point, we get uh, Mike Rotundle and Barry Windom mixed up, um, which is understandable given there's absolutely nothing about the appearance that would help you tell uh, them apart. Um, and we found out about the um, the, the new fabulous one, uh, Steve Lane. I don't know if <laughs> either really you caught that. Uh, I think a lot of Johnny Walker was had um, at the side. I, I bet you you never get the name. Uh, you never get Johnny Walker's name wrong in the run up to, to commentating this match. Um the thing that surprised me as well was there was a lot of people there. Um mm-hmm. twenty I think I, I looked looked it up, I think it was twenty twenty three thousand. Um for the AWE nineteen eighty six. that that really that really surprised me. Because um, I knew that we watched we watched the one it was it Kimaski Park we watched. hmm um, in 85, but I just assumed that that was because of a lot of Crockett involvement. And um, because we watched that, that really good Flair Magnum match, but w- when does it start going downhill for the AWA? Like,
0: well, it, I this, have a feeling
3: it's not that far after this.
0: No, it's not that far after this. It's listen, this is actually a banger of a show. Um, we're going to talk about a few more matches that are after this, but it's kind of like probably mid to late 86 is where it really starts going
3: south. Yeah. yeah. So we're not that. you're not you're not you're not
0: you're not hundred percent there yet. Not
3: no. yet. No. Nope. but it, it seems very strange that at this point like I, I assume that they've booked the thingy, they've booked them. Um, they've booked the Metrodome and they're gonna fill it with it was like when TNA ran the Alamo Dome for lockdown. They have a sixty thousand seat stadium and they can fill three thousand people with it. Um but no there was that. there was a there was a big crowd. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I, I've not get many notes on the, on, on the match because it was just a, a sit back and enjoy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so 2.75 for me, and I totally agree with you. After seeing some of the scrubs that were in the first round of the Crockett Cup, I can't see, I can't for the life of me uh, understand why Wyndham and Rotunda weren't in the, uh, weren't in the tournament. Yeah, I,
2: definitely... I wonder if it had to be, because, like, he... Uh, Bear, I know he returns to Crockett, but he kind of burned them last time. So I wonder if Dusty was like playing hardball or you
0: so, about Wyndham.
2: Yeah, but February. he was already, but he, but he
0: took on Flair back in February,
2: and that's an NWA
0: territory. I don't know. So Fair. I don't. I, 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 it just doesn't. It, I don't know, but it's weird. And there's other teams. There's other teams in this, like, um, which I'll talk about in our next episode. So on next episode, we'll talk about round two of the Crockett Cup. So here's the matches we have for round two. Um, it's supposed to be uh, Steve Williams and Terry Taylor versus Dino Bravo and Rick Martell. The Road Warriors will take on Wahoo and Youngblood. There you go, uh, Colin. That should be a nice little annihilation for you to enjoy. Uh, the Russians versus Valiant and Bull, which, again, another... if You're going to have a dream teams of taking on your, the guys you hate the most, Colin. Uh, I would think the Russians and the Road Warriors would probably qualify, wouldn't you think?
3: Uh, they're on the list of matches that, that, that should be Low-key hard-hitting bangers And always turn out to be Really disappointing
0: Yeah, We'll see uh, Sheep Herders against the Rock and Roll Express We'll have Tiger Mask and Giant Baba Versus uh, Jimmy Garvin and Black Bart Which, oh my goodness ah, oh, Here's one, Magnum TA And uh, Ron Garvin Versus Buzz Sawyer and Steiner
2: Ooh, that, that, That's going to be
0: awesome that, that one has underrated potential uh, the Midnight Express versus Nelson Royal and Sam Houston. And our territory spotlight, guys, we are going back to Wrestle Rock 86. And it'll be Scott Hall and Kurt Hennig defending the AWA Tag Team titles against the Long Riders. So um, that'll be our spotlight. So imagine that. Imagine Hall and Kurt being in the Crockett Cup as well. Isn't that crazy? Like the day after, they could add Hall and Kurt. And even the Long Riders Colin, we've watched the Long Riders on the show before. Mm-hmm. They've actually put on some good bangers, too.
3: I'm I, I, like, again, I'm just looking through here. But Bobby Jaggers and Mike Miller. Yeah. No, no, you, you can't tell me that, that the U.S. Express or Hall and Hennig are. Well, I guess are, like the jo- they needed some jobber teams.
0: Well, I was going to say that. You had to have some jobbers. Like, who are you going to job out if you have all like, you know, prime team? But you know what? Then you could have put like Wahoo big- McDaniel. Yeah. Wahoo McDaniel, Youngblood, Royal, and Houston. Like, you have teams there you could job out to the bigger teams, right? Like even Williams and Taylor could've jobbed out too. You know what I mean? They had obviously yeah. anyway, it's just I mean, fascinating to think th- about. There's,
3: there's, there's not a lot of I mean there's not that there's not a lot of need, fill. Okay, they they've they have they they've got it right, the vast majority, but a couple of things that a couple of things they might um a couple of things that they might have have just missed out on.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting to think about and hypothesize, but I thought it was kind of cool. But anyway, so that ends round one, guys. We will be back in a couple weeks with round two. Um, and we just talked about the matches we'll talk about on that one. So before we go, Shiflet, anything you would like to plug? Uh,
2: Yeah, you should listen to Pop Goes to the Couch. We're reviewing Moon Knight, which has been great so far. And I can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shifflett. All right, Colm? Um,
3: we have just um if you if you're listening to i uh, by now if you're listening to uh, the latest special relations um that'll be the, the the march episode will be the last um sort of current one we do we've got a couple in the can for as rory enters fatherhood um and then we'll we'll have a, a brief hiatus over the summer. Um, I'm one of the one of the contributors to uh, PTBN's pedestal, um as well. So you will hear me on a couple of them. Um mainly gushing over Shawn Michaels, to be fair. Um, much to 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 Sean's annoyance for some of the ratings that I've been given them. Now by um, the way, I
0: don't hate Shawn Michaels. I just think there's one particular match that you guys did that's a little <laughs> overrated. This
3: one. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it just just so happens that the that the um the, the, the two Sean matches I've got have come from the greatest DVD of all time, Shawn Michaels from the vault. Huh. Um, and... Um, if you could follow us um, or subscribe, whatever the terminology is, on on the following different platforms, we are on uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Place To Be Nation. We uh are uh, have a YouTube channel. If you go into YouTube and search it's Place To Be Nation, all one word, you'll find the channel there. Um, Facebook.com forward slash PTBN Live, and then you'll get news and updates on all of them on Twitter at the PTBN YouTube. If you could follow, like, subscribe, everything, uh, everything, and um. Anything on those platforms, it would be greatly appreciated. We have just done the WrestleMania live watch. We may or may not be doing WrestleMania Backlash, depends on how much WrestleMania has actually killed the territory again. Um, but all of the live watches are on YouTube as well in the archive.
0: All right, excellent. And you can find me on um, Twitter at NWA Crack and Roll. On um, all the pods, too, uh, Shiflet brought up Pop Goes to the Couch, uh, Battlestar in the 25th Century, which is a little bit of right now. Um, and I will be pre- appearing um, maybe sporadically for a little while on Highway to the Impact Zone, uh, Chicken Salad, and Roulette. And uh, sooner or later, I'll get back on another pedestal as well. Um, but seems like the guys have a good time doing that one, so that's a nice one to float in and out of. Why others share their opinions on Sean Michaels matches that you don't necessarily agree with. So um, <laughs> sorry, Colin, I had to say that. But anyway, um, but any but listen to all the Quadzipods; they all have great uh, content and. Um, just great great stuff across the board so with that I am Sean Kidd he is Kyle McDougal and he is Scott Shifflett. Um, and I also assume that Dr. G has maybe found the great next uh, 2022 NWA prodigy um, maybe he found G Snitsky and he could come in and feud with uh, Mike Knox so with that we will see you on episode number 41 where we will talk round two of the Crockett Cup thanks everybody yeah.